Hey, everybody. We welcome you to the Friday edition of Grant Napier here on Listen Up. We've got the NFL. we got college football. we got the Kings in Houston for two games. Uh, Trey Lyles not with the team, so he will not be returning at least for this weekend. Hopefully we'll see De'Aaron Fox. We've got a Kings team that is two up and two down and some very winnable games starting uh, tomorrow against the uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, NFL last night with Pittsburgh uh, prevailing. You've got some very good games this weekend, including a game in Frankfurt that will get us started early Sunday morning with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Some really good games on the card this weekend. Uh, Seattle and Baltimore, Dallas and Philadelphia. Some very, very good games coming up. All right. You know the routine. Just raise that hand. And I'll put you right on, and we can talk about whatever you would like to. How about Victor Wembanyama last night? Are you freaking kidding me or what? 38 points. The Spurs were up 27. The Suns came roaring back to tie it. Then the Spurs went on a 12-0 run, and Victor Wembanyama had 10 of those points. Think about that for a minute. 19 years old and already has been a huge story in the NBA. And don't look now, but a team that I thought was not ready to win is three and two. Think about that for a minute. Three and two are the San Antonio Spurs. Dallas, 4-0 with Golden State, Minnesota, New Orleans, all with one loss. That's a hell of a start for a team with a 19-year-old. That's amazing to me. Pretty amazing. Look out for the rest of the uh, NBA. All right, your NBA schedule going on right now. The uh, Pacers, who got absolutely embarrassed by the Celtics, uh, lead the Cavs 62-47. to uh, The Knicks are in Milwaukee. They're in the first. The Knicks lead by four. Wizards heat. Nets are at the Bulls. Thunder host the Warriors. And uh, the big game on the card, the uh, 4-0 Mavs at the 4-1 Nuggets. And then the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Grizzlies are, they got major problems. They are a team that is heading south. They got some big time issues. So there you have it, your uh, schedule for today. All right, what do you want to talk about? All right, raise your hand. I need a leadoff person, and we will get this show rolling. All right, we go over the NFL schedule if you want. Again, it starts Early Sunday morning, actually, it started last night, as we know. But uh, after the Dolphins and Chiefs uh, get going early, uh, Vikings are at the Falcons. Browns host the Cardinals. Deshaun Watson will start. Rams and Packers in Green Bay. Uh, the Patriots host the Commanders. The Bears are in New Orleans. Seattle travels to Baltimore. Tampa is in Houston. Uh, the Colts and Panthers hook up in Carolina. The Giants are at the Raiders. The debut for Antonio Pierce as the Raiders Coach O'Connell will start a quarterback. You have Dallas at Philly. You have Buffalo at Cincinnati on your Sunday night game. And the Monday night game has the Chargers at the Jets. All right, let's get to uh, some phone calls. And we start with Dorian. Hello, Dorian. Welcome to the program. Hey, Grant. How's it going, brother? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's a beautiful Friday here in Sacramento. You got any plans for this weekend? Uh, just pretty much revolving around watching sports, my friend. That's pretty much what I'm doing. I love that, man. I love you. Thanks again so, so much for the Kings content. We we all really appreciate it. 
Uh, that game well, against, thank you. Uh, yeah, of course, I always here to support you. That game against Wemby is going to be really cool to watch. Um, I think it's in San Antonio on the 17th of this month, I want to say. I haven't got to watch a game of him play yet, but there was a really cool social media photo that was uh, kind of went a little viral of, of Kevin Durant hitting a shot over Wemby. And, uh, man, those guys are over seven feet tall. It's pretty crazy to see that. That's, that was really, really cool to see. It is very crazy. Uh, we, the, You know, what Victor Wembanyama is doing at age 19, assuming, Dorian, that he stays healthy, Yeah, I mean, he could absolutely take over the league. Yeah, I really agree. I, he thinks he seems like a really stellar player. I'm really excited, too, to see OKC. I think that's going to be a really, uh, really good matchup for the Kings upcoming here because, you know, with Shea and Chad and, and Josh. Yeah. All of them, I think those they're really good players. I, I think that's a really good team. And I, and if if I if I can recall, Grant, don't they have like so many first round picks here in the next yes. couple of years? They're loaded. Uh, they are going to be a team to contend with. If they draft well, they're going to be a a team that could easily easily win championships. They yeah. especially with Shea Gilgis Alexander. And and here's the other thing about Oklahoma City and San Antonio. All right, most people. And again, I thought Oklahoma City was going to be a playoff team before the year began. Now, you know, there's a long way to go, okay? They're off to a good start at 3-2. and two. They play the Warriors tonight. But I didn't think San Antonio was ready to be that team. Boy, if you're Sacramento, that's why these games against Houston now that are 1-3, and three, Memphis doesn't look very good. Uh, Portland, you got – these are all games that you need to start winning here, all right? You, you cannot mess up against these teams – when you look at now San Antonio with Victor Wembanyama, you look at Oklahoma City. You know you 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 must you must mop up on the Houston's and the Portlands and the Memphises of the world. Yeah, especially with Anthony Simons, I think out too for the Blazers. I mean, yep. I, th- I think yep. the Kings have to go three and zero. There's there, you can't come back yep. two and one. You got to you got to be five and by the end of these last, these next three games. But Grant, I really wanted to call in and 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 talk a little bit about Demontis. I know, you know, these next, these last four games, you know, he's averaging 19 points per game, uh, six assists. Uh, I, I really, you know, he's going to get a double-double every night, but, you know, he, he brings the ball up with the court. He does this little, he does this little hop step, and then he, he turns his back towards the hoop, and he's, he's looking for pass first. And I know the team is trying to involve Keegan a lot more, obviously. You know, his role is, is, is definitely increased. They're trying to get Kevin to go a little bit more and shoot more three-pointers and get it, get it on a hot streak, but... I'd really like to see DeMontis be a little bit more uh, powerful down low and back people down and, and just be a better big. What are your thoughts on that? There was a little there was a little point in time against the Warriors where it was about the fourth or five-minute mark at the end of the fourth quarter where it, about three, three consecutive possessions, he brought the ball down the court, turned his back to the hoop, backed somebody down, backed Looney down, and got three straight hoops for the, for the Kings. And I'd really like to see him do a lot more of that. I think particularly when De'Aaron Fox is not on the floor, Sabonis has to take the games over. I would agree. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that the other night. He, he's If he's going to be that guy, especially without Fox on the floor, uh, you know, scoring 18 or 20 points is not enough. Those are the games he needs to have 25 to 30, and he's capable of doing it. He also missed five free throws the other night, so that's part of it. But I, I don't disagree with that. I don't yeah. disagree with what you were saying. And Keegan – I did a rant on this. I love Keegan Murray. I think he's going to be tremendous for this franchise. But I think he's messed up right now in the head shooting the ball uh, based on what Mike Brown has told him. And yeah. He doesn't know whether he should shoot or not shoot. He had a couple of bad-looking threes the other night where he was off balance. He rushed him. His feet weren't set. He doesn't have his confidence shooting right now. He's shooting 36% overall from the field, Dorian, and only 27% from three. 
Yeah, I think from a coaching perspective, looking at it from a fan and from a coach, you could definitely tell, you know, from last year, he was basically just a catch and shoot kind of guy. You know, every time you shot the ball, you were expecting him to make it. And now that he's creating his more shot, I think maybe in the short term, we might see some struggles. But I think maybe in the long term is for his career, he's going to get like obviously a lot better. He'll develop a little bit more. But it's kind of just weird to see that he's just missing so many open shots because of maybe the coaching where they want him to create more of his shots and not be such a spot up shooter like he's normally. Yep. I like the way he's rebounding, Dorian. I mean, I sure. think he's doing a much better job on the glass. I like the way he's playing defense. Let's hope that offense comes around real soon. Yeah, same thing with Kevin Herter. I mean, it sucks to see him. Oh, boy. Oh, man. It's like, man, like last year, I mean, shooting, you know, 45% from the three-point line, it's like you, every time you shot, you're like, oh, man, this guy's going to make it. And now you're just like holding your breath every time he shoots. It's like, this is a break. It's, it's not making it. But at least he's contributing a little bit better on the rebounding and a little bit better on his defense. I would have liked to see him uh, guard Clay at the very end of the possession. But, hey, it is what it is. At the end of the day, you got to make your free throws. You can't shoot 80% from the less than 80% from the free throw line these last four games. You got to make, you got to shoot at least 90%, man. Like they're, they're free buckets. Like if you just, you know, make 3.3, if you just, you know, if you go nine for 10 from the field, you're going to win, you know, most of the games that you play. You just got to shoot your free throws and make your free throws. Well, these next five games, you know, two at Houston, home against Portland, home against Oklahoma City, home against Cleveland. I mean, you really could go 5-0 and here, but you better go 4-1. and Cleveland's really struggling right now. Yeah. Uh, these next three games, as you said, there's no excuse. You got to win these next three games. You absolutely need to win these next three games. Yeah, you got to go 5-2, and two, and hopefully these next three games, I mean, you'll see a little bit more of offense from Kevin Herter because, I mean, like I said, I think the Kings are definitely a better team than these next than these Houston and, and Blazers. So hopefully this gives Kevin some, some confidence and hopefully he can get some better looks. Yep starts making them but have a good weekend thank you so much grant yep. appreciate it thank you dorian have a great one take care good way to lead us off we get to uh, some more phone calls and we say hello to uh, jerry jerry welcome to the show hey grant how are you on this friday sir i'm good buddy well how's it going it's going good grant thank you listen you know what great call by dorian grant let me ask you something uh with the uh niners getting chased do you think that's going to help their defense out grant it better. I mean, I don't see how it couldn't. If he's on the field, if he's healthy, uh, he's a difference maker. So, yeah, of course it's going to help out their defense. And then hopefully that'll wake up uh, Bosa. Where the hell's Bosa been, Grant? Boy, I, I have no idea. I think he's been the biggest disappointment on the 49ers. I mean, a guy holds out all the camp. He gets the largest contract in the history of the NFL on defense, and he's invisible. Really? What the hell is that all about? This is a guy that had 18 and a half sacks last year. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right. And Grant, uh, you know what? I know it's only four games, Grant, for the Kings, but are you somewhat impressed by their defense? I mean, holding the words to 102. I mean, uh, I don't know, you know, if these guys turn on when they want to turn it on. I mean, why can't they play at that every night, Grant? I mean, seriously. I'll tell you why, because when De'Aaron Fox is on the floor, they're not a very good defensive team. I hate to say that, but that's just the reality. And I think that part of their defense the other night was De'Aaron was not on the floor. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Kings are better without De'Aaron. He's a dynamic offensive player. But quite frankly, his defense is not very good, and guys go around him all the time. And when Davion is on the floor, uh, in the minutes that Fox would be on the floor, they're a better defensive team. And I think that's part of it. Now, obviously, you don't score as much. So there's a give and a take. But, you know, I thought your defense was very good the other night. I thought their game plan was very good. 
But I also think that De'Aaron has to play better defense when he's on the floor. Quite frankly, I haven't seen it. Grant, uh, let me ask you this. So with the Kings coming up, uh, they have the Rockets back back to back, and then they have the Portland Trailblazers, right? And just like Dorian was saying, this team needs to go 3-0 and on those games. Um, do you think that teams overlook teams, Grant, that they should beat and surprisingly that they don't beat? Yep, happens all the time. And I think it happens with Sacramento more than any other team in the league. Look at all the teams that the Kings lost to last year that were horrible. You know, there's no excuse for it. They lost to some very, very bad teams last year. Can't do that. And they still won 48. Grant, do we have an update on De'Aaron Fox? I mean, do we know when he's coming back? He could come back tomorrow. You know, that's what I'm hearing. Um, oh, wow. He's, he, okay. he wants to play. He wants to play in Houston. All right. He's from okay. Houston. And he that's a huge game for him. All right. And yeah. he is somebody that is a quick healer, does not like to miss games, and if he can play, then he is going to play. That's pretty much it with De'Aaron Fox. I mean, that's just the way it is with him, all right? And I know that it was – was it yesterday that I, I, I read that he could be on the floor uh, this weekend from Shams yeah. Sharani, I believe is the first one to report that. You know, it's Great. unbelievable to me that right. it's unbelievable to me that your local Sacramento beat writers and the people <laughs> that cover the Kings on a day to day basis don't have this information. But Sham Sharani, who doesn't live anywhere near California, has this information. It always amazes me. It really does. Grant, you're talking about the Sacramento media that never called out DeMarcus Cousins for doing anything wrong. Are we talking about the same Sacramento? Well, media that's not that, that. You know, in all fairness, that's not true. That, okay. That's not true. Okay. Grant, uh, or, um, is there any news on your lawsuit? Uh, well, we uh, did all of our depositions. We have one remaining, and then that means the discovery period is done. And then the next order of business is the summary judgment, which will be in the spring sometime. So, you know, that's what's going on between now and then. So the lawsuit is proceeding. We're very pleased with where it's at right now. And uh, we'll see, but I'll keep you posted when there is news to uh, to make public. I promise you that. And Grant, you said this morning on your rant, this kid from San Antonio, Grant, you're oh, saying boy. that, uh, you know what, if he's going to be better than Tim Duncan, you know what, the West better be, oh boy, you know, they better be very, very afraid because, you know what, you know, this kid looked very good last night, Grant. But what worries me, Grant, is, you know, he's very tall and he's very thin. You don't think that's going to wear down as the season goes on, him being so small? Yeah, I think. I think it is an issue, but I mean, I, I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. I can't right. sit here and predict injuries. All I can do is watch a young man play and say to myself, wow, he's 19 years old. Just chewing that for a minute. He's 19 years old and was going against Kevin Durant and Devin Booker last night and the Phoenix Suns and scored 38 points. Wow. All right. Think about that for a minute. And Grant, let me tell you this. You know what? If he's like that right now, the way he is, can you oh imagine boy. when he has an NBA body? Oh boy! Wow! He, oh he boy! Will be, right. He will be. He will be the most dominant force in the NBA if that's if, when that's the case. If he's healthy. Grant, thanks for taking my call, sir. Have a great weekend, okay? And I'll talk to you later on.
All right, thank you. Good stuff. So, you know, back to Fox, all right? I don't think he's going to come back if he – in other words, I don't think he's going to play in Houston just to play in Houston, all right? So if he's able to play and he doesn't feel like he's going to make his ankle worse, then he will play. Here's my gut feeling, okay? This is just my gut feeling, is that he will not play tomorrow and will play Monday. Gut feeling, all right? That's just a gut. That's not from, you know, any other source other than my gut feeling, all right? That's where I'm at. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen Up, and we say hello to John on this Friday. Hi, John. Grant, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Okay, first off, I'm in a big hurry, but first off, I got to agree. I believe Fox will play against Houston, and I believe it won't be tomorrow. And if he does play tomorrow, I believe he will also play the other game. I don't think it's going to be some feeling out process or anything like that. I wanted to get at that real quick. We can talk football because it's the middle of the season. It's great. And who knew the Niners were going to take a slide like they have. And me being a Cowboys fan, I'm okay with it, obviously. And the Cowboys, you know, playing well. Okay with that, obviously. But the whole thing is you got to come together at the end of the season. It's great to have a great start and in the middle and everything. But, man, unless you're peaking towards the end of the season and you as a Giants fan, you know this more than anybody because that's what the yep. Giants, you know, last two Super Bowls, you know, they peaked at the end, kicked Tom Brady's ass and all that. Yeah. And that's very true. You know, that's what that's what I say about football. But uh and football, I was watching a little bit of last night's game, but not very much because I got sucked into watching San Antonio and the Suns play and focusing on Victor Wembanyama and all the things he does. It is astounding hey man i haven't seen a rookie play like that and look this good since you and jerry were calling a game 20 whatever years ago this guy <laughs> yeah this no, you're right hey man <laughs> i got sucked into that game i forgot the other game was on i looked at oh the final was 2016 that's cool but i was watching i was watching that was fun to see kevin durant and victor Wembanyama go at it like that and even at the end of the game you know they're both cordial individuals nobody seemed mad but when I saw, you know, when I looked at, tell them, look at each other and, you know, give them their props, Kevin Durant is literally looking up and I've never seen him look at up at anyone. He might look straight at somebody and move his eyes up, but his head was turned looking up and Wembenyama was kind of looking down. It was, it was strange to see Victor Wembenyama. He is going to be a force for years and years to come. Yes, he, he is. Stay healthy, man. If he can stay he healthy. Is. He absolutely ooh, is. Boy. He absolutely is. Yep. He yeah. absolutely is. No question about it. Hey, Grant, thanks for taking my call, buddy. And I will talk to you uh, pregame, postgame, halftime, or yep. next week, buddy. Have a great one. All right, have a good weekend. John checking in right here. And we move on now to Trent. Hello, Trent. Welcome to the program today. Hey, thank you for having me, Grant. Uh, good afternoon. Yep. Um, I, uh, I, I I just wanted to I'm, – I'm, I'm actually out the door myself. I'm going to go to the driving range, hit some balls. But – the, the podcast you had today about the uh, NBA broadcasts over the years was just great, and I love it. And if anybody hasn't uh, heard and, it, and, just... NFL. NFL. NF- what did I say? Yeah. Did I say NBA? You said, oh, my God. Yeah, you, that's right. You got basketball on the brain. You got golf on the brain. 
and it affects Sorry. your memory sometimes. That's okay. Hey, it's yeah. okay, my friend. It's okay. NFL, NFL, that was awesome. You know, hearing Howard Cosell again and uh, Hank oh, Stram boy. and uh, Jack Buck. Oh, Jack my God, Buck. that was great. So, anyway, just thank you for having me. And, um, oh, another thing I wanted to ask was I, I think your podcast is the only podcast I've heard that plays, you know, licensed content like that. I mean, is that a special package? You know that what? You have? Every, no, everyone does it. Um, you know, I hope if I if I'm not allowed to be doing it, then I will say I'm sorry. But I go on YouTube and everyone's doing it. And so, you know, I give credit to when I play it. I go, hey, this is CBS Sports. This is from NBC Sports. I always give credit to where I'm getting the content from. But so where are you going to hit balls? Well, I'm going to what I call Sacramento National, but I, it's actually called Hagen Oaks. But uh, it's going to be a beautiful night. I was there last week and the ball quality is pretty good. There's not there's there's many many dimples on the ball. They haven't been scrubbed away. But uh, the I just had a ball out there last week. I was testing it. I had I bought a new driver and it was a it was a great bargain thing that I got and I was just hitting the snot out of it. So it's 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 going to be a beautiful sunset. And then here I am again talking about sunsets. Um, but it, this time of year the sunsets are spectacular and uh, it's going to be a beautiful, nice and cool. And anyway, thanks for having me. Have a great Thank show, you, Grant. Enjoy it. Thank Take you. care. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here. And we say hello to Zach. Hello, Zach. Hey, um, on the game, the Warrior game, uh, you know, like as a Kings fan, like uh, it's kind of – it is concerning that Keegan and Herder are both struggling. And, I mean, Keegan was, what, 0 for 7, 0 for 8 in that – from 3? Yeah, game? 0 for 7 from 3, yes. I mean, how – Concerning, you think that is because I like. I wonder if it has to do anything with that wrap around his thumb, or is it just? I mean, some of the shots weren't that great as well. Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think it could be a little bit of his thumb, but his footwork was not good. Uh, his balance was not good on a couple of his shots, and that has nothing to do with your thumb. I think it has to do with Mike Brown being in his head. Uh, I think it's a combination of things, but I, I think it's also one of those things that he'll come out of it pretty quickly if I had to guess. And I mean, the thing is like, as I was watching the Laker game, there was like that play where Keegan was like open for three, he decided to dribble. And then, yep. you know, uh, he was about to get yanked and then he came down and shot a three made it. So my question is, I mean, it's like, obviously doesn't, I mean, coach Brown wants them to shoot like, you know, good shots and probably not too many, but I'm saying like, isn't there like a shouldn't there be a balance between like a good shot and like a rush shot? I mean, the coach understands. Yes, yes, there's yes, great point. There does need to be a balance, and the player needs to know what a good shot is compared to what a uh, rush shot is. You're 100 percent correct. Yes, because it just seems putting, like. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was just gonna say like it just seems like because it, just the way that their offense is centered around is like shooting threes, and it's like. Yeah, Mike Brown wants them to shoot threes, but like, it's better if it's like within a flow of offense and not rush. I mean, it's just I don't know. It just seems like they're taking too many threes that are kind of like, kind of off balance or contested when probably could make a few more passes and get a better look. I'm with you 100. percent I don't like rush threes. Uh, I don't, you know. And um, as they say, you know, live by the three, die by the three. You're going to die a lot by the three if the threes are not what you call, you know, within the context of the offense and the rush. 
I don't like rush threes. I've never been a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that style of basketball. I think it might sexy. And, you know, there are games when collectively you're all hitting shots and you're going to score 140 or 150 points. But there are also too many nights where you're not shooting the ball well from three and you're going to lose. I, 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 I'm not a fan of that personally, but that's the way the Kings play. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, with that Warrior game in general, like, I mean, obviously Fox didn't play. They lost by one still. But you think that's a game, like, that when April comes, they're going to be like, oh, shit, like, we should have had that game. Like, that could actually yeah. impact us. Not really, because when you play 82, you're going to have a couple of games like that. You're going to have a couple of games the other way that you have no business winning that you win. One of those games was in Houston last year. The Kings had no business beating the Houston Rockets in one of the two games. And the Rockets gave the Kings the game at the end, literally gave them the game with their stupidity. So you're going to have games that balance each other out. So, no, I don't believe that's the case. It's just that, like, because, like, one step that actually really stood out for, for me last season, well, personally, is that in games that have decided by one point or less, the Kings were 5-0. and And, I mean, obviously, they won 48, so you lose all those as 43 but I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting. So you're telling me, so you're telling me they won five one point games. Yeah. So you can't say one point or less. I mean, or my, I, I, you know, you're telling me they won five one point games. Yeah. Because there is no such thing as, you know, less than one point. So they won five one point games is what you're telling me. Yeah. And they and they and and they didn't they but they how many one point games did they lose? You're telling me they didn't lose any games by one point last year. No. Okay. I wasn't even aware of that. That's interesting. And then, uh, oh, and then I saw a report on Twitter that's saying that Fox will be out tomorrow. Yeah, I, I'm hearing it both ways. Um, it's not official from the Kings, from what I'm reading. Uh, my gut feeling is he'll be out tomorrow and play Monday, knowing De'Aaron Fox and how this guy is a pretty good healer and he's very gritty. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. And then one last thing. Uh, I'm just curious what your thoughts on just the way that all-star voting goes. Do you think Wimbiana will be an all-star this year or? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. If, uh, so based on what he's done in the first five games, I mean, look at his numbers, right? Look at what he's doing. Yeah. I'm... And, 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 and again, assuming, and again, I, I'm assuming, I don't know this for sure. Assuming that he plays the majority of games. And again, I don't know if he will. He He's only I mean, he's not going to score 38 every game, but, I mean, he's the real freaking deal, you know? I mean, yeah, he definitely does look like a generational talent. Um, I don't know. I just – because we haven't had a rookie all-star since Blake Griffin and then before that, Yao Ming. So, I was just wondering because, I mean, there's been other rookies that have been, you know, obviously Zion, but obviously Zion's dealt with injuries. And then, I guess, another play. I don't know, Carlton Towns had a good rookie year. But, I mean, it's just – I'm just throwing it out there. Thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. Take care. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stress. We all have it to a degree, big, small, but I think you can agree we all carry around different stressors. Most of you know what I've gone through the last four years, complete career change, moving across the country, filing a lawsuit, being in the news often, dealing with all of that, trust me, has not been easy. And if you keep things bottled up, it can really have a negative impact on your life. Therapy is a safe space. You get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. You can set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. 
And you know what, folks? It's not just for those who have experienced major trauma. Hey, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's online. It's easy, convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com grant today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash grant. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. We say hello to Waggus on this Friday. Hey, Waggus, how are you today? Doing good. How you doing, Grant? Good, man. Um, so I, I'm, you probably already spoke on this, uh, but I just kind of wanted to get your take on the – I thought it was an impulsive move to fire the Raiders coach, McDaniels, and the GM. Um, just kind of wanted to get your take on that. I mean, I, I just didn't really understand that. Mark Davis is a horrible owner. He doesn't make the uh, right decisions. First of all, he should have never hired McDaniels in the first yeah. place. He should have kept Rich Passaccia, who the players loved. They had just made the playoffs. They had a lot of momentum. And Mark Davis just pulled the rug out from underneath his team. So, and, and you know, Mark Davis to me is, you know, I read, I can't even remember, you know, Amy Trask was on some interview talking about how Jim Gray is a big advisor to Mark Davis. Really? You got Jim Gray as one of your main advisors as an owner? Seriously? I mean, like the, 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 the Raiders are just, Mark Davis is a buffoon and it's unfortunate that he owns the team because the guy's a buffoon. That's the reason why the Raiders are not Los Angeles. The Raiders are not in Los Angeles because the NFL did not want Mark Davis as an owner in the number two market in the country. That's why when you go to Vegas, okay, you don't see a lot of Raider fans at the games. I mean, you no, do, but you no. see the place full of, you know, opposing fans. And, you know, Mark Davis is complaining about that. Well, you know what? Put a good team on the field and you won't have to worry about that. But Mark Davis is a buffoon. I will say this, based on everything I've heard coming out of the locker room, I don't think anyone is sorry to see Josh McDaniels go. Yeah, no, I I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm looking at their start, right? And they lost a, a game at the goal line to – they were still three and five. Defense was playing good. I think Jacobs, they were finally trying to get the running game going. Jimmy hasn't been the best, but he's been in and out. Uh, but but the one thing, you know, I didn't like from Devontae was, this is what he said. This is a quote about three, four weeks ago. I don't care about winning or losing. I just care about dominating on the field. Um, I, I, I guess I'm just trying to get your take on that. Do you want your... I didn't hear him say that, so I can't yeah, really okay. comment on that. Okay. I didn't like uh, his reaction the other night on a sideline when he dropped a big third down pass, okay? Yeah, um, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true. You know, too. I mean, I, I, I'm. you, you want to be upset, go ahead and get upset. But, you know, you want to get upset the ball's not being thrown to you. Well, when it is thrown to you in a clutch situation, catch the freaking ball, all right? That's how I look at that. They had a good opening week win. They got blown out at Buffalo, right? They lost a tight game to Pittsburgh. They had a chance against the Chargers. You know, and now we'll see. You know, the the loss against Chicago was a bad loss, right? Right. They barely beat beat a bad New England team. But now they got the Giants at home. Then they're at the Jets. They're at Miami. And they're home against Kansas City. Personally, I think you're going to go one and three in their next four games. 
And, and do you think it's a and, – and you are correct about that because if he doesn't drop that pass, who knows where the game is because, you know, it's all yep. about momentums too. Yep. And, and he did. So um, um, so is Jimmy going to be the next scape? Well, they've already benched him. Do you think that's the right move or why, why I don't cut him? Okay. I don't think it's the right move, but that's uh, the direction Antonio Pierce. And I, I don't think this is a decision that – Antonio Pierce made, to be honest with you, I guarantee it's coming from Mark Davis. So I guess I'm trying to ask you, since since you were, you know, part of the, you know, I guess, you know, being a broadcaster one time, why, like, like Jimmy Garoppolo, if he has one bad throw or if it's a little bit off, I mean, ESPN wants to kill him. Every, every media outlet we turn on, they want to kill him. But I see quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, have horrible games and and they haven't even won anything close to he has because at the end of the day, he's still... Why does he get a, a lot of that hate, or why does he get a lot of that blame? I don't know. Okay, I, I don't know. Uh, but I, you know, the the problem with the Raiders is not on the field. The problem with the Raiders is up in the owners' booth. Okay, and when you have, I, I've seen it with my own eyes. Owners have too many people in their ears. Owners that are not very good have too many people in their ears, and they have too many yes men around them. And they listen to too many people that they should not be listening to. I've seen it with Vivek over years. Vivek literally would have so many people in his ears. And, you know, if they had a name attached to them, if they were a celebrity or a previous, you know, or former athlete, uh, he would take it as gospel. And, you, you know, the Maloofs were the exact same way. The Maloofs listened to morons that had no business being around them and they took it as gospel. You can't do that. All right. The best owners in the NFL don't have morons hanging around them, telling them stuff. All right. Uh, And Mark Davis, uh, Mark Davis has too many people in his ear that should not be in his ear. I've always heard that about Mark. Uh, You know, Al Davis didn't, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have minions. You didn't have idiots hanging around Al Davis. You know, Al Davis, you know, wasn't going to, you know, base his decisions based on a moron talking to him. Do you understand what I'm saying? I agree. I No, I agree. And, and you are correct. Uh, I mean, I personally lived it with Vivek, right? <laughs> Trust me. The, yeah. Those, those were and not, I, I, yeah. And yeah. I was in I was in rooms with Al Davis and I, I, I know what it's like being around Al because I was privy to it. And Al had you know, a group of people that he trusted and he asked them questions. Okay. So he wanted everyone's opinion on a matter. I'll never forget being in a a conference room at the Raiders facility with Jim Plunkett, Tom Flores, right. Right. Uh, and And a few others. And he went around the room and asked everyone a question about Charles Woodson. Okay. He wanted the opinion George Atkinson was in the room. He wanted the opinion of the people that he trusted. But then at the end of asking a question and digesting all the information, okay, he made the decision that he felt was best on the team, but he wanted to know what people thought. But the people that he had around him were not were not uninformed people that should not have been in the room. There's the biggest difference. I agree. And then the last thing is, um, you know, you were you had the pleasure, obviously, having LeBron's first game. 
uh, yeah. you know, announcing it. Um, so comparing him to, you know, NBA, do you think that he can have an all-time career too, or do you think? Uh, I mean, where would you? Put yes, him? if Victor Wembanyama yeah. is, is is stays healthy, he can go down as the greatest player in the NBA, just based on what I've seen. And most wow. people have said that before he came into the league. But again, I can't forecast health any more than you can. Right. LeBron, for the most part, was extremely healthy, has right. been extremely healthy during his career, and so that's part of it. You know, Michael Jordan never got hurt. Right. I mean, he was always playing. He was always on the floor. So in order to be the greatest of all time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, we go right on down the list. You know, you got to be on the floor playing. Yeah, but Grant, what I've seen with Curry, LeBron, Brady and Jordan is and to some degree, Kobe, they maintain their fitness more than anything. Right. So that's equally as yes. important as to as not getting yes. hurt. Um, um, Correct. So, uh, and then also when we. Oh, so LeBron was he a lot skinnier? Like when you see him in person, like no. did, did he try to? Oh, he wasn't. Okay. No, he, LeBron. Walked, I'll never forget standing on the floor, and the Cavaliers came and warmed up behind me, and LeBron had an NBA body as a, a at the same age. He had an NBA body. So I, I and what would you say? Um, what would you say about Wemby's body? Wemby's body is not NBA ready. Oh, yeah. And but it it will it will become in the near future that I can guarantee you, okay? okay. But you also have to, and again, they have all the science. They have all, you, you know, you have to make sure that his body is, and what they do to it is able to withstand his frame. You know, he's big, right? He's tall, so there's that aspect of it. But think about it; he doesn't look like he has an NBA body right now. Wow. And in a game against Phoenix Suns last night, he scored 38. He's already done some amazing things. That's twice in less than a week that they beat the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. I mean, just the freak of nature. The last time I saw somebody like that was Shaq, right? You know, he was such a freak of nature on the court. And when I mean, he, this guy, he, he doesn't even jump right when he's trying to dunk. He just, just dunks. Yeah. But this, Wemby's never going to be a Shaq. That's not right. that he's never going to have a body like that. No, 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 not like that. But like somebody who is supremely gifted with their body to make it make a simple shot look easier, not even trying. That's what I meant by that. But, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone like Victor Wembanyama. I did the NBA for 32 years. I can't really compare him to anything. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe, maybe uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo somewhat. I, I, I mean, I can't compare this guy to anybody. It's unbelievable yeah. what he's doing. Well, if. If he so obviously Durant is uh, you know I mean he's like Durant uh, I mean if he builds a jump shot like Kevin Durant uh, I I think it's over I I think it's going to be very hard to beat that team and stop him. I would agree with you. I mean I, I would agree with you. <laughs> I mean that would be frightening if he can shoot the ball like that. But I mean to think about what he's already done in his first two weeks or less than two weeks yeah. of an NBA player. Uh, is pretty remarkable. I didn't think he would be able to do this. I I came out and said it. Well, I was wrong. I mean, I didn't I didn't think he would have a game this early in his career like he had last night. I mean, I just I'm like, wow. And he's really lucky to go to one of the best franchises with one of the best oh, coaches. Yeah. And uh, he's going to have it all. He's perfect for him. Yeah, it's it's everything. He, he's in the him. most perfect place. First of all, he's in a city where there's no distractions. Yeah. Okay. He has a coach. That's been there and done that. He has every single thing that he needs to succeed in San Antonio. You're 100% correct.
Yeah, so definitely got lucky there as well. So yeah, yeah. great talk. Uh, great talk, and I appreciate taking my call. You have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, good stuff from Waggis uh, right there. Good show today. Really, a lot of good phone calls. I really enjoyed this. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow, Ryan will have the pregame. Then we've got halftime and postgame. I think Jerry Reynolds uh, will join us. I'm not positive about that. i got to give him a call. And uh, I hope that you have yourself a great weekend. You take care, everybody. Bye-bye now.